Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Just before we go to Brian Lawton, uh, I asked you, are you happy, a little bit selfishly happy to see the Flames potentially headed to the path that they're in? Or surprise, this is a bad thing? What do you think? A good thing? Is it enjoyable? Tyler has texted us to say the Flames situation is neither sad nor enjoyable. It is fascinating and puzzling all at once. That's true. They had a really good team a couple of years ago. Uh, the Fizzler, oh, he's always the voice of reason, the Fizzler. Bob, when Rocky fought Apollo Creed, it was epic because it was two titans at the top of their game battling for glory. Not some musclehead beating up a nerd for his lunch money. Keep the Alberta Battle of Alberta great. That one comes to us from the Fizzler. Brendan, you got a couple as well. What do you got here? Uh, this texter, Gary, says, don't like what's happening to Calgary, but wouldn't mind if it was happening to Toronto. And Randy says, I don't find joy. I don't find any joy in the Flames rebuilding, but not because of the loss of the Battle of Alberta or pro-Canadian teams. I see the situation that the Oilers are entering in the next few off-seasons and don't want to tempt the hockey gods. Farmer Ed says, while a tiny piece of me is giggling, about the flickers, he calls them. I can't help but think back to the Battle of Alberta series and how my heart would be pounding. I would love to get that feeling again, although at my older age and state of health, it might be my last battle. That one comes to us from Farmer Head. You know what? I can, I can totally, like, as a guy who grew up having the privilege of watching the Battle of Alberta, the 1980s, seven consecutive years, Edmonton and Calgary went to the Stanley Cup final, okay? And they won the Cup in six of those seven years. Is that right? No, eight straight years. And they won six of eight Stanley Cup championships because they won every year from 83 until 1990. Uh, it was awesome. And it was awesome that the two teams played again. To give us, uh, shed some insight and perspective, a man who's been an NHL general manager, uh, he played against those great Oilers and Flames teams of the 1980s. He was the number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft and started Octagon's player agent for friends at Wow Factor Desserts, love is in the air. And what better way to celebrate than Wow Factor Desserts? Get started at wowfactordesserts.com. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I, I had a flashback of my playing days watching the Minnesota Wild and the Vancouver Canucks yesterday afternoon. The 10 7 game. My goodness. Yes. What a crazy hockey game. That felt like. 
So, one of those games back in the 80s. I believe they are, those games are affectionately known as hot tub time machine games now from the John Cusack movie. So there you go. Uh, what was it like being a – because Minnesota had a pretty good team. When you, even though you were the number one pick, they had some good teams in the mid-'80s. What was it like coming into Edmonton and Calgary when the Oilers and the Flames arguably had two of the three best teams in the NHL most years? Uh, it was a tough swing. It really was. Calgary in particular, people don't realize just how dry it is in Calgary, even more so than Edmonton. used to drive me crazy, but tough teams, bunch of ugly players, uh, but they got it done in Calgary. And then you'd go to Edmonton, also a tough team, but a bunch of beautiful players. It was completely different. Uh, We had every kind of game imaginable against them. Could be great goaltending, could be great D, could be 12-8, as we've talked about. Uh, you name it. It was I always loved, personally, going on that swing. A lot of times it it had to do with maybe a stop in Banff, which was really an enjoyable deal in between games. So uh, I always loved that trip every single year. I got to tell you, and we've been sifting through the texts that have come in on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, and we're going to weave a couple more in at about 5.52, 5.53. I am stunned by the incredible... It is not an Edmonton arrogance. It is a legitimate empathy for the position of the Flames. Brian, what the hell happened to them? Two years ago, they had one of the best teams in the league. They, you know, they had the coach of the year. They had... Uh, the best line in the league with Elias Lindholm centering Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goodrow. Uh, you know, Markstrom chose Calgary over Edmonton. Hannafin and uh, Rasmus Anderson were playing together. They were like plus 40 each that year. What happened? You know what? It's I've talked about it earlier in the year, and I've caught a little bit of flack at times as to why are you jumping on the flames, Brian? And I've never dumped on the flames. I just give my honest opinion, and I could see how the movie was going to end this year. And the flames are doing good. They're above 500. It's better than I thought where they'd be. But, you know, it's going to be a bit of an avalanche here because I have believed from the start of the season that they'll be forced to – Move a lot of players, good players, players that have played well for him, for them, that have been there for a while, whether it's Tanev or Hannafin or Markstrom uh, or even guys that you wouldn't expect, like an Anderson. You just don't know. But it feels to me like those are actually – there's not much choice on some of the guys because they've resisted re-signing there. But in terms of where they're at cyclically, I think the Flames need to take a step back to take two steps forward, and I do believe they'll do that. Uh, At the same time, you want to put your best foot forward at times this year. They have surprised me how well they've played, and even recently, you know, I felt like they were on a pretty good streak that went away, unfortunately, for them, and uh, now we get down to where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, well, yeah, and part of, and that's the genesis of this conversation. We had Frank on yesterday. Elliot's coming on tomorrow, and everybody that you talk to in hockey circles says everybody's the whole trade deadline is dependent on the Flames because the Flames have got Tanev, they've got Hannafin. You mentioned Markstrom. Does he go to a team that needs a goaltender? Everybody keeps thinking of New Jersey. Uh, they already traded to Foley there in the off season, and what turned out to be a pretty good deal because they got a good pick and they got Sharon Govich, who's played well. Uh, for the Flames, uh, they traded Lynn Holm. I didn't love the return on Lynn Holm. Some in Calgary might say I'm being 
overly harsh. Uh, we'll wait and see. But it really is. Like, like to me, Calgary's, they're like a guy that is seven-eighths bald and refuses to commit to going completely bald. You know what I'm saying? Like, there comes a point, like, I'm fat, so, you know, but I, at least I have hair. And I, that's the last redeeming uh, thing my wife says that I have anymore is I've still got hair. So I'm not picking on the ball. I'm just saying there's there's some guys out there, they, they can relate to this. They're saying there, there comes a point where you just have to commit to doing it. And I wonder if Calgary's at the stage where, you know, if Murray Edwards has given Craig Conroy license to doing it and, and committing to going and doing a full-blown rebuild for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree. Some people would disagree with me on this, but I think when they moved Matthew Kachuk, the writing was on the wall. He's just a heart and soul guy. Everybody's seen what he's been able to do in Florida. They continue to excel. They look like, you know, possibly the favorite to come out of the East. Yeah. Last year, you know, last year it ended up being strange, but they ended up being there in the final, and I could see that happening again. But that, to me, is what marked Calgary taking a turn in the road, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you have to reset. It's hard to do in the Canadian markets. Everybody knows that, but um, you know their future will be bright. They've just got to get through these next few weeks, figure out where they're at. There's a little bit of regret, I would say, on you know getting Huberto. Mackenzie Weegers played well. Um, they did get a future and a pick, but. You know, you would think that if you knew you were going to be where you are today, it would match up better if maybe you had a whole group that was ready to move forward together in terms of younger players, rebuild, everything else that's transpired. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton for Wow Factor Desserts. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting watching Calgary. Uh, You know, Florida, who's the general manager in Florida? Bill Zito. And what did Bill do before he got into management? Bill was an agent, and I actually interviewed Bill a very long time ago to work at our firm. Um, I didn't hire him then, but he went on and built a really nice agency, eventually went to Columbus, and was an assistant GM for a long time there. And uh, he did a really great thing when he went to Florida, in my opinion. He surrounded himself with an outstanding hockey operations department that is deep as any any organization in the NHL. And I think it's been a difference maker for all the great decisions they've made. Bill's done a nice job. He's got a really strong staff. Sonny Mehta in analytics, Rick Dudley, Paul Fenton, um, Brent Peterson down in the minors, Paul Kropelka doing contracts. They've just done a lot of really good things there to take advantage of what doesn't cost you on the salary cap, and that is to build out your organization. Yeah, yeah. There's what's the old saying? There's no cap in R and uh, I'm gonna. We were just in Dallas. That's a real team. That's a good team. But they've they've benefited as well. They basically got a 19 minute game, a 19 minute a game defenseman on a four year deal, Ryan Suter after he was bought out, and a 17 minute a game second line center, Matt Duchesne, a buyout as well. Is the CBA fair to Canadian teams because of the state tax that does not exist in places like Texas and in Florida and in uh, you know and in Nevada? No, it, it it isn't, but it's not designed to be unfair to Canadian teams. 
it's just the way it is. There are certain markets that, you know, players want to go to. Now, you and I have talked a lot about this openly. The Edmonton Oilers are creating a place where players want to go to more than ever. But to match good weather all year round, to match lower taxes, um, you know, that's tough. There's no way around that. But there's no crying in, in hockey as well as baseball, as everybody knows. So you got to do what you can do with your organization. I think Edmonton's done a really good job, to be honest with you. I think Vancouver's recreating their franchise. I think Montreal's working on it. I think Toronto's you know, got some players over the years. Um, it just is what it is. I think, Van- I think Winnipeg's done an excellent job uh, for where they're coming from because – you know, I hear it from all the teams in Canada that they're not getting enough players, and yet people are finding ways to build good teams. Winnipeg is having a tremendous year this year. But but the job that Dallas has done is really exceptional. They have got what we might term are some freebies, uh, but at the end of the day, Jim Neal has still done an excellent job there. They've had some great drafts. They yeah. found a gem this year, Thomas Harley. Uh, they've done a really nice job. Now, do you know the connection to Edmonton with Thomas Harley? I do not. I broadcast Thomas Harley's father's game. Brian was the third-string goalie on the Alberta Golden Bears while he was in medical school um, and uh, was on the 91-92 national championship team uh, with Ian Herbers and Stan Marple. So Stan's the current GM at the U of A. Ian's the head coach. He was on the order staff. And then Brian went, and uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon now in Syracuse. And that's where, you know, Thomas has grown and, you know, brought up. And Brian coached him every step of the way. You look at just, you know, everybody focuses to Dallas on that 2017 draft and the three picks they made. They got uh, Heiskanen third. And I know that McCarr went fourth, but Heiskanen still had a 73-point season last year. They got Ottinger 26th in the draft, and then they got Robertson 39th. He was a 100-point scorer. Like, that's your best uh, your best defenseman, your number one goalie, and your best forward in the same draft year. That's pretty good. That's like what the Oilers did in 1979 with Glenn Sather, right, when they you know got Messi and Anderson in the same draft year and got Coffey the next year. Um, so that was in 2017. In 2019, Harley went 10 picks after Philip Broberg, who's uh, in the middle of being out here for a while. The Oilers have a lot of confidence in Broberg's ability. Until this year, Broberg was tracking ahead of Harley. Harley's killed it this year. And then, obviously, in 21, we've talked about what happened. Edmonton passing on Wyatt Johnson. Paul Coffey uh, coached Wyatt for four years in the GTHL. And uh, the Oilers took Xavier Borgo, who's got six goals on the farm this season. Could you imagine if Edmonton had flipped those two guys? If Har- like, and, and I, I, here's the thing on Broberg. I'd say this. I'm still confident Broberg's going to play, be a player. I'm concerned about Borgo. And last year, Wyatt Johnson had 24 goals as a right shot center. Um, that's part of the reason why Dallas has been able to uh, really take a step forward here, Brian, isn't it? Uh, Wyatt Johnson has been amazing. He's on his way to a 30-goal-plus season this year. And uh, it's not just that. He, he plays way more minutes. He gives him way more veteran minutes 
than you can imagine for a guy as young as him. And Thomas Harley, I mean, you can't say enough about this guy. He has exploded this year, but he took advantage of some opportunity. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever. I don't think he's ever looking back. He's no. a heck of a player. So no. that's pure gold for him. If those guys were on the Edmonton Oilers, the Oilers would be in first place in the league right now. That's how close Edmonton is. Just two more players like that, a top four D, a really and and inexpensive players. I mean, that's, combined, that's, guys that's, are the key. that's the key. Nothing. That's nothing. Right. So we're uh, 16 days out from the trade deadline. I'm hearing there is not out there a lot out there for forwards. Does that mean that teams should be more proactive the way Vancouver has been to go and and ensure they have something? Or do you wait? You've been in this chair. You've been an NHL GM. Do you wait and see what becomes available? Uh, I I do think some teams will have forwards as we get closer. Uh, Anaheim's got some forwards. You know, you got to just turn the standings upside down, see who it's obvious is going to make a move, and uh, go out and get them. And you got to go with the Lou Lamarillo mentality. You figure out who you need, and you go pay what it takes to get it. A lot of people don't like to do that. Uh, you know, there's hesitation clearly in the market right now. Yes, the market is stuffed up, but I think we're getting away from you can't get anything done. There's no money. Teams are disproving that theory, especially on the eve of being a salary cap that's ready to start to tick back up significantly. So more should be happening, but it's not so much that the salary cap is stuffing stuffing people. I think it's a little bit of fear. Prices are high. Nobody wants to look bad. But the difference you can make with the right player, if you have the right team, can be significant. Kyle Dubas has got to have a five- to seven-year deal in Pittsburgh. We know that. Does he trade Jake Gunsel? I think it becomes more of a reality with each passing day. My analysis there is that Eric Carlson has played good this year. But there's no room on that team for Carlson and Latang. Made no sense. It just hasn't worked. Made no sense at the time. It hasn't worked. I saw Pittsburgh live here. Um, you know, every game they lose, I think Jake Denzel becomes more of a reality where they move on from him. I don't see Jake. I know Jake very well. I haven't asked him this. I don't have any inside information. But I don't see him re-signing there. Yeah. All right. Hey, Brian, great stuff. We'll reach out again, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That is Brian Lott. He's uh, the number one pick in the 1983 NHL draft. He was uh, started Octagon's player agency, then got hired as the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He did work for a number of years with the NHL Network. He is brought to you by Wow Factor Desserts. Love is in the air, and what better way to celebrate than Wow Factor Desserts? Get started today at wowfactordesserts.com. We're going to get to the orders now. Injury report, it's not substantive, and uh, Brendan and myself are going to bang off a couple more texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. This is Oilers Now. Uh, it's 556 in Edmonton. The Oilers Now Injury Report's brought to you all season long uh, by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Uh, Trent Brown and Jim Brown, proud supporters of the University of Alberta, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Edmonton Elks. Uh, and Trent Brown, of course, best football player. I think we could say the U of A's produced. I know there's some good offensive linemen out of that program, but he was a two-time CFL All-Star. 
as well as a Grey Cup winner with the name Edmonton uh, Eskimos. By the way, the Edmonton Oaks, we got Brendan Escott, who does the countdown to the kickoff show, and we'll get you to bang off a couple texts in a second. Pretty quiet free agency for the Elks, was it not? Uh, yeah, the main day, the main day was absolutely silent. The biggest thing that they did was address special teams. So they brought in uh, Javon Leak, who was the special teams player of the year in the CFL last year as a kick returner, and they also brought in Boris Beatty. Both of these guys in the Toronto Argonauts. So Beatty's uh, a kicker, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know what? I think that that's going to go. Is he an import uh, kicker? Uh, Do we use the term in? Import. We don't use that term anymore, right? He's, not imported. He's American. Yeah, he's an import. But uh, not an international. Um, yeah, so it's quiet because I don't know how they're going to replace the hole that Jake Ceresna leaves on the defensive line with the trade that they made. But uh, they've got a lot of uh, former Toronto Argonauts on this team all of a sudden. All right, there you go. Uh, the orders, by the way, are completely healthy. I think Connor Brown's going to draw back in tomorrow. That's my guess. Uh, we will tell you that Matthew Petra is out for the Boston Bruins. He had season-ending shoulder injury, and he is the only player that will not be available for them out of their regular rotation. He actually had a pretty good he hit a bizarre year statistically last year in the OHL, like 17 goals and 95 points, but he had five goals and 15 points in 33 games this season. All right, uh, let's get to some text here. Back into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, Randy says, Bob, I don't find joy in the Flames rebuilding not because of the loss of the Battle of Alberta or pro-Canadian teams. I see the situation that the Oilers are going to be entering in the next few off-seasons, and I don't want to tempt the hockey gods. Randy adds, you mentioned uh, the buyout of Matt Duchesne. I believe Jeff Jackson needs to find a player that's going to be bought out from his team in order to facilitate a Jack Campbell trade. Find someone else's trash. Hmm, okay. Uh, well, we're going to put that up for the awesome text of the day. Your text of the week draw, where winners receive three months of washes at my favorite car wash. You can visit Great White Car Wash, 100-04, 169th Street down by West Edmonton Mall. Uh, Brendan, you got one for us you want to get to? Yeah, sure. Penner's Pancakes, always a fun contributor, said, uh, Just curious, Bob, did Bugstad come back on the plane with you guys? Uh, no, he did not. Damn, he looked good, didn't he? Yeah, he now, sure did. Now, now, Skinner will tell you that second goal is terrible. Sure. From that angle, you can't get beat to the far side. But He had some jump. We know he's got the size, and boy, can he shoot the puck. Yeah, he's got 12 goals and 29 points this year. He's having a pretty good season. He's a plus player. He's about 50% in the face-off circle. He's been all right. Uh, we'll tell you, we got New West Travel's got a road trip to Dallas in April to watch the Oilers play the Stars. We sold out Nashville, sold out Montreal. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights, deluxe hotel, great game tickets, and a reception with yours truly. You can complete your trip with the optional AT&T Stadium Tour, or you can go to the six-floor school, uh, six school book depository in Dallas and realize, hey, wait a sec here, there's no way there's a single gunman. Because if you've been up there and you're sitting there and you're thinking single-action bolt rifle, three shots in eight seconds, yeah, no way, man. Total conspiracy. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there if you've ever been there before.